happy day. And the good news is, if you've never experienced that, you can today. That's the good news. If you will, uh, we'll be seated for just a moment. Pastor Brad has a welcome for us uh, this morning. Welcome this morning. Uh, though we may not be there with you physically, we will be there connected with you online, participating in worship that way. We were out of town this weekend, and uh, but I am so excited about what God is going to do in our faith family this morning. Welcome to all of our biker friends that are there this morning. Uh, we're excited to have you. I know God has a fresh word for you today. Pastor Ralph has a great word that the Lord has placed on his heart. Also, we just want to praise the Lord for a moment of what happened this week with Eagle Heights Church. If you look around our grounds, those young people did a tremendous job uh, cleaning up, restoring, redeeming that lot next door. And uh, But bigger than that, man, we had a block party event this week, an inner city ministry event. Had over 200 people attend on Wednesday. And, uh, man, we had a couple of professions of faith. Uh, we're just still praising the Lord about that. So we just thank him today for that. Also, uh, get ready next week. Join the rebellion. Join the movement. Beginning our new sermon series, The Rebellion. Uh, it's going to be Easter Sunday morning. We'll be looking at the greatest rebel in all of the world and what he did with his life and how God wants to do the same thing through many of our lives to impact his kingdom. Next week, we'll have a baptismal celebration. Uh, many people have given their hearts to the Lord over the last several weeks and Next Sunday is going to be that time on that Easter Sunday morning. If you have given your heart to the Lord and you've never followed through in believer's baptism, we want to in, in, invite you to do that next week. Please see Pastor Ralph today, and uh, he'll begin to share more with you about that today. Um, let's just worship him today, continue what's happening. Jesus paid it all, and because of that price that he paid for us on Calvary, it gives us the access to his kingdom and the freedom to worship him and spirit and truth. So let's do that today with all of our heart. Pour out our spirit to him. In Jesus' name, may he be exalted. And amen. Now stand with me as we sing Jesus paid it all.
I just have a tough time grasping that. Jesus paid it all for me. He paid it all for me. One thing that when they was teaching me during school was Jesus justice is different from here on earth justice. Because see, here on earth, you prove, you're innocent until proven guilty. But Jesus said, God says, hey, I will send my only son so that you can be innocent. Just think about that. If someone, I have a wife, I'm recently married. If someone killed my wife, I would have a tough time saying, let that person go free because they killed my wife. Let's be honest. But that's what God said. Take my son so that everyone's, if you believe in me, you can go free. That's what we're coming up to. Today's Palm Sunday. Next week, we're going to celebrate Easter. That's what Easter's all about. Jesus rising again after he gave his life. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for who you are, Father. I just thank you for being that important part of my life, God. I don't know where I would be, Father. Um, God, I just pray that we can just wrap our mind around that, God. Just, just learn more about how you gave your life, Father. Um, God, I just pray that if anyone's here today, God, and they don't know that story, God. They don't know how you paid it all.
before us, Father. I just pray that that they come to know you today, Father, that they don't waste another second not unknowing that, Father. Um, I just thank you for being who you are, Father. I just thank you for giving your son for me, God, so, so I can live forever, Father. Just thank you. In your name I pray.
give you control consume me from the inside out lord let justice and praise become my There is
that you bow your heads and you close your eyes as they just play softly. Caleb, we don't want to do that chorus again. This morning, I just feel like the Spirit is prompting me to to just ask you as, as your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, not that there's anything magical about that, but man, it's just, it's just you and the Lord. And I wonder if there's somebody that came in here this morning that are, that's chained up, that you're bound up this morning and you feel like the entire weight of the world is upon your shoulders. And you feel like that, it, that you just can't even move. You may even find it difficult to even take a breath this morning. And, and it may be a, a financial crisis, a financial chain that just has you in bondage this morning. It may be your health. It may be relational. It, I, I don't know what it might be, but I just believe in my spirit that there are some folks here this morning that needs to have some change broken from their life. And I want to ask you this morning, if that's you, would you just slip your hand up? I'm not going to embarrass you. I see those. I see that hand. I see that hand, young lady. I see those hands. Anybody else? If you would just acknowledge, I see that. If you would just acknowledge, I, I, I feel like I'm chained up, and I, I feel like there's nothing I can do to, to get the chains off of me, but I'm willing to trust Jesus to break those chains because there's power in His name. If the grave could not hold him, I'm telling you that what's holding you down cannot hold you either. But you have to trust in that power. You have to trust in that resurrection power. 
Is there anybody else before we pray this morning? You just say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I feel like, I just feel like that chain. Man, I just, I'm just bound up this morning. And I want to be set free. I want to know the freedom that comes through Christ and the power of His name today. Father, it's in Jesus' name we pray. God, for every hand that went up was an acknowledgement. It was not to inform you of something that you're not aware of. It was not to tell you something that you don't know. But God, when those hands went up, it was reaching up to you, saying, Lord, I need you. I need your power. I need you to set me free, Lord. And for everyone that raised a hand, God, this morning, whatever that need might be, whatever that chain might be holding them, God, I pray in the name of Jesus that they be set free this morning. Father, I pray that the power of the resurrection would resonate in their life, Lord, and that they would be set free today. Set free to praise you. Set free to worship you. Set free to walk with you. Set free to be what you've called us to be. And so, Lord, now, as we sing a little more of this to celebrate the freedom that comes through the power of your name, may we sing it with new joy, with a fresh wind and a fresh fire burning within us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Stand up and let's sing that this morning. And the freedom that the Lord has provided for you. There's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. There's an army.
the power that's in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you this morning just for the power that you offer to us. But Lord, we realize this morning that before we before there could have ever been a resurrection, there had to be a crucifixion. And God, before we can ever know the resurrection power, God, we must die to ourselves. We must lay it at your feet. We must lay it at your cross, O oh Lord. So Father, I pray this morning. I want to thank you and I praise you for the change that you've broken here today. And Father, I would pray for those who may still be holding on, Lord, still experiencing that burden and that weight, that today would be the day that you set free. It's in Jesus' name and the power and His power we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. A few years ago, I was, uh, I was pastoring in a, in a little small, small town. And uh, I got a phone call one morning, and it, and it went something like this. Uh, phone rang, I answered, and, and it was like the party on the other end said, is this Pastor Ralph? And I'm like, yes. And he said, my name is, and he gave his name, from the governor's office. And I said, yes. <laughs> and he said, I guess you're wondering why uh, someone from the governor's office would be calling you. And before even thinking, I said, well, I hope it's about that pardon I applied for. <laughs> He, he, yeah, he had the same response. He started laughing. And, and what he was calling for is the governor wanted to come to our church. Not that he'd heard about my preaching or anything like that, but, but he wanted to visit our church. And so uh, we, we arranged the date and he came. And, man, I didn't realize there was so much stuff had to happen for the governor to visit. I mean, they had, to, they had to go figure out where the LZ was going to be, you know, the landing zone. They had to figure out where they were going to set the chopper down. And they had to, you know, had all the, they had to have the route planned, you know, the way they were going to drive and how they were going to come into the entrance of the church and how they were going to escort him from the, you know, from his, uh, from his car uh, in and where he was going to sit. And, you know, they had to, all this stuff had to be done, man. There was just a lot of stuff that had to happen for the governor to come to town. Well, this morning we're going to be looking at somebody a whole lot more important than the governor came to town. And that's Jesus, all right? And as, as Will said, this is what we call Palm Sunday. And so we're going to be looking in that passage in Mark chapter 11. If you want to go ahead and open your Bibles to that, in Mark chapter 11, we're going to be uh, reading about uh, what happened uh, on that, that Palm Sunday, we call it, and you'll see why uh, it's called that. And, and as we, we're going to be thinking about, man, there's a lot of stuff that's got to happen this week. Uh, and, and this week in Jesus' life, there's a lot of things that, that's got to take place. I mean, uh, from, from this Sunday to the next Sunday in Jesus' life, man, there's, a, there's just a lot of stuff that's going to be happening. How many of you have been watching the history series uh, on the Bible? You've been watching that? Well, I think they've done a pretty good job, you know, uh, on it. Uh, you know, I was talking to somebody about it yesterday, and they said, well, they're leaving a lot of stuff out. And I'm like, how do you, how do you compress 6,000 years of human history into 12 hours, okay? You've got to leave something out. But, but I think they've done a pretty good job. They've done a pretty good job of, you know, the chronological events. And, uh, and, and so uh, what, what we're going to see this morning is, man, from, from this Sunday in Jesus' life to the, to the next Sunday uh, in, in Jesus' life, Man, there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen. And so we start with 
uh, Mark 11 and, and, and th- that first Palm Sunday, beginning in verse 1, it says, <clears throat> as we think about what happens when Jesus uh, comes to town, it says, And when they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples. And, and the context here is, uh, th- this is Jesus. The he here uh, in this verse is, is Jesus. Also, this is the time of Passover. And so I don't know if you've ever been in Natchitoches uh, for Christmas Festival Day or if you've ever been in uh, New Orleans uh, during Mardi Gras, but, but you can kind of combine those two things together and kind of get a feel for what's going on here uh, in and around Jerusalem. Man, there was a lot of people there. There was a lot of things happening, a lot of stuff going on. And, and so as they're coming into town, Jesus uh, uh, tells two of his disciples, uh, uh, he speaks to them in verse 2, and he says, and, and saith unto them, Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as ye be entered into it, ye shall find a coat tied whereupon never man set. Loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, Why do ye this? Say, say ye that the Lord hath need of him, and straightway he will send him hither. <clears throat> and and they that went and they went their way, and found the colt tied by the door without in a place where two ways met, and they loose him. And certain of them that stood there said unto them, What do ye loosing the colt? And they said unto them, Even as Jesus had commanded, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and cast their garments on him, and he sat upon him. And many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off trees and strawed them in the way, thus the name Palm Sunday. Uh, And they that went before, and they that followed, cried, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And so we see that as Jesus is... Uh, going into uh, Jerusalem at this time, uh, as we said, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of people there. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, and and the, the, it's the time of the Passover. And we're going to be looking at what that means uh, a, a little bit later. But here's what I want us to see. When Jesus comes to town, there's some things that happen. And one of the things that happen is when Jesus came into town this day, the condition of the donkey was exposed. The condition of this donkey was exposed. Look, look there in verse number 2. It says that he was tied by the door. Now, I don't know if you've ever just took the time to, to sit back and look at a donkey and ponder on what a donkey looks like. But if you've ever just taken the time to look at a donkey, you know God has a sense of humor. Because have you ever seen an animal with a longer face than a donkey? Have you ever seen an animal that looked any more funny when he was trying to eat than a donkey? I mean, those lips are just going crazy. Have you, you know, he's got little bitty feet. He's got this ridge down his back. Little short, stubby tail. I mean, you know, the condition of this donkey was exposed. And, and, and what we see is, man, a donkey... Is an, what do you normally think about when you think about a donkey? Any, what comes to your mind? Stubborn. 
Does that apply to anybody in here? Stubborn is one, yeah. Beast of burden, used and abused. You know, all of those things, all of those things can be, can be applied to a donkey. But you know what else? All of those things can be applied to you and me. Because God draws a line from a donkey to a man. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's go back to Exodus and look at how God does that. In, in, Exodus, in Exodus chapter 13, what's happening is, you remember last Sunday uh, when Pastor Brad ended uh, the series on I Need to Change. It ended with the children of Israel in Egypt. God had sent them there to save them. God had sent them there to preserve them. But God never intended for them to stay there forever. And you remember how Pastor Brad uh, reminded us that, that when Jacob is getting ready to die, he calls his sons together and he says, Boys, don't you leave my bones in this place. Boys, you take me with you. When you, when you go to the land of promise, when you get to that place that God has promised you, you take me with you and you bury me there. Don't you leave me here. And so what's happening is uh, some 400 years after that, they're getting ready to go. They're getting ready to leave Egypt and go into this land that God has promised them. And so in verse number, uh, in chapter number 13, they're, they're, they're already, they've already left Egypt. They've just left Egypt. And in verse 1 of chapter 13 of Exodus, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, now, now, let me just park here for just a minute and, and give you this for free. I mean, this won't cost you anything extra. You will see this over and over. And, and the Lord spake unto Moses. or And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron. You know what God could have done? God could have revealed His entire perfect will for Moses and the children of Israel at one time. He could have sat down with Moses at one time and said, this is what I want from here for forever and ever. But you know what? God didn't do that. God forever is speaking daily or, or, or multiple times a day to Moses saying, this is what I want. This is, how, this is where you go. This is what you do. This is how you live your life. You know what? If God had given them His perfect will for all of, uh, for all of their lives, there would have been no reason for them to have had an ongoing relationship with God. And you know what? Many times I talk to people and say, well, man, if I just... Man, if I just knew God's will for my life, let me tell you, you walk in the, in the word that you have today. That's what you do. You don't wait for God to tell you something else. You just do what He's already told you. You walk in what He's already said. And as you begin to do that, then He will show you the next step. And the word of the Lord will come unto you, and He will tell you where to go and what to do. And so that's what he's, he's saying to Moses. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, and we pick it up in verse 11, it says, And it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee uh, into the land of the Canaanites, as he swear unto thee and to thy fathers, and shall give it thee. So he's moving him that way. Verse uh, 12 says, That thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix, and every firstling that cometh of a beast which thou hast, the, the, the males shall be the wars. Now, now this is the principle of first fruits. 
What God is telling Moses is this. Look, here's what I expect from my people. I want my people to give me the first. I want my people to give me the first fruits. I want my people to give me the best. You don't give me what's left over. Don't give me what's left over after you've used and abused everything that that I've blessed you with. You give me the first fruits. You give me the best of what you have. You give me the first of what you have. And that's what God requires of you and me. Not, Not what's left over, our leftover time, our leftover money, our leftover resources. That's not what God is asking from you and me. He says, give me the first and I'll take care of the rest. In verse number 13, he says, but watch this, something interesting here. And every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb. And if thou wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck. And all the firstborn of man among thy children shalt thou redeem. Look at what God is saying here. God is saying there's something wrong with the birth of an ass and there's something wrong with the birth of a man. God says the only way to fix that is it's got to be redeemed. God said the only way that can be fixed is a life has to be given. A sacrifice has to be made. Blood has to be shed. That's the only way that that could be fixed. It's for that to happen. And so what God is saying, there's something wrong with the, birth, with, with the birth of an ass and there's something wrong with the birth of a man and the only way that it can ever be fixed is that a redeemer has to be given, blood has to be shed, a life has to be given in order for it to live. What does redeem mean? What, is it, what does it mean to redeem? It means to, uh, to pay a ransom. It means to buy back. It means to rescue. It means to deliver. It means to buy back something that has been lost. Something that's been lost. What God says is, man, the only way to get the death sentence off of an ass and off of a man. The only way to remove that death sentence is blood has to be shed. A lamb has to be given. Death has to occur in order for life to continue. You getting the picture here? You you, you beginning to see how God is just drawing, drawing us those pictures? even thousands of years before Jesus made this entry into Jerusalem that day. What, what, you know what, what, what's the, what's, what does a lost man look like? What does a lost person look like without Jesus? He looks a lot like this donkey. He looks a lot like this donkey that, that Jesus told the disciples to go find and to bring to him. I, I mean, we see that, that, that this donkey was, was, was doomed uh, to die Man, it's doomed to die. He was tied in bondage. He was tied up. He couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything. He he was unbroken and untamed, and all he could do was just stand there. Man, this beast of burden just, just standing there. Man, that's a picture of you and me without Jesus. We're tied up, unbroken, untamed. And you may have come in here this morning and you feel like the entire weight of the world is upon your shoulders. You feel like you're having to carry every problem in your family. You feel like that 
that, that man, you, you're looking around and you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how you're going to make it next week. You don't know how you're going to make it tomorrow, much less all of next week. And you feel like there's the, just the, the entire, you're having to carry the entire world on your shoulders. Well, let me tell you this morning, if you're weighted down and if you feel like that this morning, then you're carrying something that the Lord Jesus never intended for you to carry because He said, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. Take it upon you. So if you're carrying something God never intended for you to carry, it's going to be too heavy for you. And you're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to be able to do it for very long. And I wonder if that describes you this morning. You see, the, the condition of this donkey was revealed when Jesus went into town because... Man, he was bound up. He was tied up. Couldn't do anything. Couldn't go anywhere. God said the only way, the only way a donkey will ever amount to anything is he's got to be redeemed. And I'm here to tell you the only way you and I will ever amount to anything is we've got to be redeemed. So how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, what we see, not only when Jesus comes to town was the condition of the donkey exposed, but the provision of the door is proposed. Look, look with me in John chapter 10. In John chapter 10, and uh, in verse number 9, Jesus said, I am what? What? The a door? The door. Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. You, you know what? Man, the provision of the door is just as the lamb was sacrificed in order to redeem the ass, Jesus died in order to redeem you and me. That, that's the door. And, and we talked about how this was the time of, of Passover. And how there was a lot of stuff that had to happen this week. In fact, Jesus' entire life had been, had been funneling into this one week in his life. I mean, but from the time that we see him coming into Jerusalem this Palm Sunday until next Sunday when we celebrate Easter, man, there's a lot of stuff that had to happen. He, he had to be uh, put on trial. He had to be falsely accused, he was beaten beyond recognition, he was nailed to a cross, put in a grave, and three days later came out. All that happened in a week. A lot of stuff had to happen that, that week. And, and, and so we can see that, that what, what is happening, though, is, is thousands of years before this week in Jesus' life, God was drawing us pictures of what was going to happen this week. He was, he was showing us some things that were going to happen this particular week. In fact, go back with me to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12, what's happening here is, this is right before, this is right before the Israelites are ready to leave Egypt. There had been nine different plagues. Remember? God spoke to Moses and Aaron and said, now I want you to go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And so they walked in and said, uh, Pharaoh, 
God said to let his people go. And Pharaoh said, ain't going to happen. And so he made it harder and harder and harder. And God said, go back and tell him. Go back and tell him, I want you, you, you let my people go. And so they would go back, and Pharaoh would say, nope, not going to happen. So finally God started sending plagues. And you remember there, there were ten of them, ten different plagues. And, and so every time a plague would come, Pharaoh would say, oh, come here, Moses, come here, we need to talk. And so Moses would go in and say, look, I'm, I'm going to let your people go tomorrow, okay, tomorrow. And, and so tomorrow the plague stopped, tomorrow would come, uh, he's like, oh, oh, changed my mind. Y'all got to stay. And, and so, man, this kept going on over and over and over. It's kind of like, you know, kind of like in our life, you know, when God speaks to us and, you know, he's Holy Spirit is stirring within us, prompting us to do something, calling us to do something. It's like, yeah, sure, I'll do that uh, <clears throat> tomorrow. Uh, t- tomorrow. I'll, I'll do it tomorrow, God. Yeah, t- tomorrow never comes. And, oh. and so finally, man, this is going on and on. And, and, and after nine cycles of this, we get to the very last plague. And, and, and you know it as, as when the... Well, let's just read it. Let's just read it. In, in, in chapter number 12 of Exodus, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses. There he's speaking to him again. And Aaron in the land of Egypt said, this month shall be unto you the beginning of months, and it shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, in the, in the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for a lamb, uh, let him and his neighbor next unto him, uh, next unto his house, uh, take it according to the number of the souls, every man according to his eating thereof. Shall, uh, eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb, verse 5, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, and shall take it uh, from the sheep or from the goats, uh, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and, and strike it on the two side posts of the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread. And with bitter herbs shall they eat it. Eat not of it raw nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head and his legs with all the pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it uh, remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it in the morning ye shall burn with fire. And this, and this shall ye eat, this shall ye eat it, with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be for you a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Thus the name Passover. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this shall be unto you for a memorial. 
And ye shall keep it a feast unto the Lord throughout all your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. And so here we are thousands of years later. They're, they're doing exactly what God said. This Palm Sunday, they're getting ready. They're, they're getting ready to do uh, this thing called the Passover. They're, they're celebrating it. Uh, they're celebrating the fact that God brought them out of the land of Egypt. But here's what I want you to see this morning. I want you to see how uh, this applies to you and me because what, what he says here in chapter 12 is that, that, he, that I want you to notice the progression here. First of all, God says you've got to take a lamb. You've got to take a lamb in verse 3. And then he goes on down into verse 4 and says that a lamb becomes the lamb. But, but then he goes even further in verse 5, the lamb becomes your lamb. And folks, let me tell you, that's, that's what God is saying to you and me this morning is you can, it's not enough to simply acknowledge that Jesus Christ is a lamb, that he is a door, that he is a way to get to heaven, that he is a way to have a relationship with God. It's not even enough to, to acknowledge that Jesus is the lamb, that he is the door, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. That's not even good enough either. It's got to get to the point that it becomes your lamb. The blood has to be applied to your heart. The blood has to be applied to your life. You've got to get behind the door where the blood is, where the blood was shed. Where the blood was shed for you. It's got to become a personal thing. Listen, you may have been you may have been close to this all of your life, but being close is not good enough. Being close, being able to see the blood is not good enough. Maybe, maybe some of them said, you know what? I'll just look. We, we, we're going to take the blood and we're going to put it over the door. And we're going to put it on this side. And we're going to put it on this side. But you, and, 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 and God said, get behind that. And I can just see some hard-headed, stubborn folks saying, you know what? I'm going to do it my way. Yeah, we might apply the blood, but I'm going to sit outside the door where I can see what's happening oh that's not enough folks you've got to get behind the door you've got to go through the door you've got to get behind the blood it's got to be applied to you personally personally it's got to be a personal relationship I want you to notice what happens, man. This is such a beautiful picture that God is drawing for us right here because He, he says this is going to be the beginning of months. Let me tell you something. When, when you apply the blood of Jesus to you and you get behind the door, we call that being born again. Let me tell you something. That's a new beginning. And some of you this morning, let me tell you something. I, I believe there's somebody in this place this morning that needs a new beginning. You need this to clear off a spot and say, you know what? What I've been doing, it sure hadn't been working for me. And I've been around this all my life, and I know about a lamb, and I know about the lamb, but he's never become my lamb. Let me tell you, today can be that day. Today can be the day that you apply the blood to your heart. Today can be the day that you go through the door. Today can be the day that you get safe behind the blood. And I'll tell you something else. Something else that's important here is, he says, here's how you're going to eat it. You're going to eat it with your loins girded, with your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Let me tell you something. When you come to Jesus, you better be ready to go, buddy, because he's taking you somewhere. 
He loves you just like you are. He loves you right where you are. But He loves you too much to leave you where you are and like you are. He's going to give you some new shoes because you're going to walk different. <laughs> Man, how awesome is that? It's a new beginning. Man, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Being close to where Jesus is is not good enough. You know what was so cool is when I was reading this in Mark. One of the things that, man, God just whacked me with is Jesus told those disciples, He said, you know what? He said, you'll find that donkey tied by the door. You'll find him tied by the door where two ways meet. <laughs> where two ways met. What a beautiful picture of the cross. You see, you and I, we got our own way. We got our own plan. We got our own purpose. And God said, I'm going to intersect your way because my way is better. My way is better. I love you too much to let you keep going your way. I want you to go my way. I want you to go my way. And you know something else? Something else that I noticed here. Look, look, look with me in, in verse number 5. Verse number 5 of Mark 11. It, it says, And certain of them that stood there said unto them, What? What are you doing? Why, why are you loosening this coat? Where, where, where are you going? What, what, are you, what are you doing? Let me tell you something. When you come to Jesus, there's going to be some who's not going to want to let you go. There's going to be some that's going to want to hold on to you. There's going to be some who will question what you do. Where are you going? They'll question why you're doing that. But look in verse 6. And they said unto them, even as Jesus had commanded. What did Jesus command them? In verse 3 it says, If any man say unto you, what are you doing? Say, the Lord hath need of you. Can I tell you this morning, the Lord has a need for you? Let me tell you something. you're alive today and I figure you are God has a plan and a purpose for your life and it's a plan and a purpose that's bigger than you are it's a plan and a purpose that's greater than you are and I've talked to so many people and they'll say pastor I man I want to I want to do this Jesus thing but I don't know how it all works out. I don't, I don't know how it all looks in my life. In fact, I was talking to somebody yesterday. And they said, they said, I don't understand how all this is going to work. If I give my heart to Jesus, I don't understand how, how all this is going to work. And, and, and I said, I don't understand electricity either, but I'm not sitting in the dark till I do. Man, you just walk in the light that you have. You just, 
You just take the step that you, man, that's before you at the moment. And there are going to be some who, man, I, 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 I talk to people who, who just, man, they're afraid. They won't know how to live on the, on the backside of the cross. They're afraid they won't know how to live on the other side of the door. Beyond the blood. Man, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that at all. Because the Lord will take care of that. In fact, we see that. R- r- real quick, we see where, where those, man, He sent those two disciples, the commission of the disciples. It's composed. Verse 1, He sent them. Verse 4, they went sent and they went. Isn't that what He calls us to do? I mean, come on, isn't that what He calls you and me to do? If we've, if we've, if we've been to the, to the place where, where we were going our way and, and God's way met our way and, and changed the direction for where we were going in life, what does God call us to do then? He calls us to go looking for the donkeys and untie them and to bring them to Jesus. Man, there were some folks that did that this week. Right, right back here. Right, right behind the church. One of, one of the college guys from, from Oklahoma was led a, a grown man to the Lord. And, and Pastor Brad was talking to him about getting baptized next Sunday. And he said, no, I want to, get, I want to be baptized today. He said, my, he said, my wife has to work every Sunday. And I want her to see me be baptized. So they went and filled up his bathtub and they baptized him right then. Folks, that's what he... Yeah, give, give God some glory, man. That's what he calls us to do. You know what? You can't... Listen, you can't save anybody. You can't change their life. But what you can undo is you can untie them and say, let me bring you to the door. <laughs> let me show you the door. And it can be opened and you can come through and you can find life. You can find it more abundant and you can find it everlasting. Because that's what the door opens. And I want to say to you this morning, the door, the door has been opened to you. Would you come through? And I I read the story of four college guys. They were going to a, their school's football game. And like many, they didn't always make good decisions. And so they began to drink before they left. They began to drink and they began to drive toward where they were going. As they began to, to drink and to drive, they, they came upon a sign on the road that they were on that said, Bridge out two miles ahead well they ignored that sign and they just kept driving having a good time kept drinking got down the road they came to another sign that said bridge out one mile ahead they ignored that sign they just kept driving they got to another sign that said bridge out 500 yards ahead they ignored that sign and they kept driving finally they got to this barricade across the road 
It said, road closed, bridge out, stop. And they kept driving. They crashed through the barrier into the river and to their destruction. Now listen to me carefully. All along the road of your life, God has placed warning sign after warning sign. It may be a praying mother. It may be a faithful teacher. It may be a co-worker. It may be a pastor. It may be a message. It may be someone that you've seen on TV. Whatever it might be, it may be a song that God has spoken to you, but there's been warning sign after warning sign after warning sign that God has put up in front of you that says, bridge out, stop. And I want you to know this morning that if you perish, it'll be because you've ignored every single warning sign that God has placed before you and that you will crash through the ultimate barrier, which is the cross that Jesus died on to your peril to your death. All this morning, this morning, I invite you to come to the door. Jesus said, to all who will knock, I will open. He'll open up this morning. You can go through. You can find life. You can find it more abundant. You can find it everlasting. It's a life that only Jesus can Don't crash through the warning signs of God. This message, the fact that you're here this morning, is another one of those warning signs along the road of your life. Today can be the day where your way meets God's way. And He changes the direction of your life forever. Would you let Him do? Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning thanking you that your way met our way and your way is better than ours. And Lord, I thank you for the warning signs that you've given us. Lord, I pray this morning if any of us in this place could identify with this donkey, God, where we're just, we're standing outside the door. We're near, we're near enough, we can see it. Lord, we, 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 we've extended and just been around it all of our lives to the point that, that maybe we even tend to ignore it. We're bound up, chained up. Oh, Lord, set us free today. May we walk through the door today. May we get behind the blood today. God, may your way intersect our way today. Lord, take this time that we call an invitation and use it in any way that will bring honor and glory to you. This is your time, Lord. We offer it to you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand as we have a, a time of invitation. And we invite you to come this morning if you need to come. Maybe you just want to come to this altar and say, Lord, I, I've, I've been close to the blood all of my life. I've been in church all of my life. I, I've heard a thousand sermons or more. God, today, I'm going to get behind the door. I'm going to get behind the blood so that I can find your life. Whatever you need to do this morning, would you do that? This is your time. This is your time to respond to what the Lord has said to you. Would you do so even now?
What is it that can wash away your sin? What is it that can make you whole again? is still open. You can see the offering receptacles on the side if you want to just worship the Lord by bringing your offering and giving to Him. You're welcome to do that at this time. Or There'll be a couple of guys standing at the door when you leave. You can deposit it in the offering plate as you leave, however the Lord leads you to do that. But I'm asking you not to go away from here this morning just having seen the door, just having seen the cross just having seen the blood I'm asking you to make sure that you're behind 
I'm asking you not to go away from here this morning bound and chained, but to let the power of the name of Jesus set you free. I'm asking you this morning not to crash through those barriers that God has placed in your life and go into an eternity without Him, but to come to Him this morning. Whatever it is that you need to do, this is, this is your time. This is your time. Oh, Father, this morning I thank you so much. I thank you for the blood that was shed. I thank you for the cross. I thank you for the life that was your life that was given. I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes we are healed. And God, I speak healing to those who need it this morning. And Father, I just thank you. Thank you for the door that's been opened to us. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to live a life of bondage and burden we can know and experience true life true life in you Father may we be faithful disciples Lord that when we are sent that we go and we find those Lord that we can untie and bring to you Lord may we be found faithful in what you've called us to do in Jesus' name Amen real quick before we go this morning we invite you to stay this is what we call Biker Sunday that's why we're dressed as we are. We'll even give you a free bike ride around the parking lot if you'd like a little bit later. But we have lunch prepared in the back. We invite you to stay and be a part of that. I do want to remind you next Sunday we'll be having baptism here. If you need to do that or are interested in that, please see me right after church and I'll tell you what you need to do. And so, man, just have a great, great week in the Lord. May God bless you. They're going to dismiss us with a song. Jesus is a